0: You are Locked on Rams, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to another edition of Locked on Rams here for a Monday, 15 minutes every single day that we're going to give you on the Rams. And we're going to get over a lot of things today, including Tavon Austin, who I want to start with. I want to talk about Todd Gurley. I want to talk about Jeff Fisher and of course, Case Keenum and the fact that he threw now one, not two, not three, but four interceptions yesterday, and believe it or not, I'm going to defend him a little bit, and and I'm not a huge Case Keenum guy. I don't. If you're a football fan, I can't imagine that anybody is a huge Case Keenum guy because he's Case Keenum and not John Elway or Dan Marino. But you understand what I'm getting at. All right, let's let's jump right into it. Let's start with Tavon Austin. If you look at the numbers that Tavon Austin put up yesterday. You could walk away from that thinking that he had a pretty good day. He had 10 catches he, for 57 yards. He had a touchdown. He was targeted 15 times. He carried the ball once for 10 yards as well. Uh, I mean, you're talking about nearly 70 yards in, in, in offense between running the ball on the ground and catching the ball through the air. He had a touchdown. That's a pretty good performance, right? No, not really. Tavon Austin was off the field at the end of the game when the game was on the line. And we're going to get to how they got there in the first place, but – The Rams had the ball first and 10 from the 15-yard line, down 17-10 to with about two minutes and change in the fourth quarter. Okay, the game is on the line. The game is on the line. He gets paid like one of their best players. He dances around like he's one of their best players. He's the one that pretends that he's one of their best players. And yet, when it was first down, he wasn't on the field. When it was second down, he wasn't on the field. Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison, my two co-hosts on the Rams pre- and post-game show on KSP in Los Angeles, they were beside themselves. That he better be hurt, he better be jacked up, there better be something wrong with that guy because there's no way that the game is on the line and he's not out there. There's just no way. Sure enough, third down comes around, he's back. So the injury couldn't have been too serious if there was one. If he tapped out because he was tired, if he just decided that he couldn't go for whatever reason, it's completely unacceptable, and that's one of those things that if I'm a Rams fan, and I am, you're going to remember for a very long time, look, Tavon Austin's going to do some stuff. Tavon Austin's going to have a run. He's going to have a catch. He's going to have a punt return. He's going to do some things. You're going to be like, you know what? That's pretty cool. But I think that you're going to get to know a guy a lot more about what he does in those big moments. And That was a huge game yesterday, a huge game. I, I really do think you can make the argument that that was officially the point where you realized, okay... This is a lot of 7-9 to nine bowl. This is a lot of 7-9 to nine bowl that Jeff Fisher said, but that's exactly what it was. That's a guy tapping out when it matters. That's a team blowing a 10 to nothing lead. That's a team going 90 minutes, excuse me, 50 minutes, 50 minutes, not 90 minutes, 50 minutes, and scoring nothing. Really never even threatening the end zone until the very end there that your defense delivered a performance that was fantastic. Your defense basically gave up seven points. Case Keenum had a pick six. Again, his third of the season. No one else in football has more than one. They gave up four interceptions, including a couple where guys just stopped running. It was an absolutely abysmal performance, but nothing, nothing more disappointing than Tavon Austin tapping out at the end of a game. A game that if you win, you're 4-3. and three. Look, you're not loving it. You're not loving it. It's not good, considering that you were 3-1 and one at one point, but 4-3 and three feels infinitely better than three and four and you're three and four you've lost three in a row you're going into your bye week with no momentum you're going into a bye week after being in London and losing and you that's a home game by the way technically speaking so you're it's a disaster it is a disaster any way you slice it And it started off so incredibly promising but I keep coming back to Tavon Austin Tavon Austin's performance yesterday if you look at the stat sheet felt above average it wasn't because when they needed him the most he was nowhere to be found and that is a hundred percent on Tavon Austin 100 percent on him look Case Keenum is he's Case Keenum he's one of the worst quarterbacks in football when you're talking about a guy that's a difference maker when you're talking about a guy that can't hurt you that or I should say that can't help you but might hurt you he's probably at the bottom of the list that if you're drafting starting quarterbacks, if you put all 32 guys in a pile, he's probably coming in somewhere in the high 20s or low 30s, right? He is. He is. And that's what he's always going to be. But I got to tell you, a couple of those, the pick six yesterday was again a Tavon Austin present to the other team because Case Keenum threw him a ball that hit him dead solid in the hands. It was on target, it was on time. Everything about that throw was good. The problem is the ball was thrown over the middle. I I shouldn't say the ball was thrown over the middle. The pattern was designed to go over the middle. The route was over the middle. Tavon Austin does not like that because he's wee. And he went in there, and he got a little bit of an alligator arm, and the ball bounced off his hands up in the air. Landon Collins picks off an easy interception because it's basically just a tip ball. You just stand there and wait for it to land in your arms. But he delivered an incredible run back. That's a run back you're going to see all season long. It was a fantastic play by Landon Collins. So credit to him for scoring on that. But that pick six, again, Case Keenum's third of the season. No one else has more than one. That's on Tavon Austin because he dropped a very, very catchable ball. So that takes his four interception day down to three, really. Another one that Tavon Austin, he caught a punt on his five-yard line. Caught a punt on his five-yard line. Fair catch, catch it on the five. Great, fantastic, wonderful. Let's Because this is the sort of offense that's going to drive 95 yards to score a touchdown. Just another example of how incredibly, incredibly disappointing a performance that was from Tavon Austin. I've never been a fan. He's too little. He doesn't play with fury and anger the way other little guys like Darren Sproles or more to the point, Deshaun Jackson does. Those guys play pissed off all the time. He doesn't he doesn't he's out there too busy dancing he's gonna dance he's gonna get a first down he's gonna dance look you better be Deshaun Jackson if you're gonna dance around and he's not and he just he just absolutely is not this really was the worst case scenario for the Rams the Rams at the quarter pole of the season were three and one a surprising three and one you'd beaten Arizona you'd beaten Seattle and you'd beaten a Tampa team that's maybe a little bit below average and then you had that weird opening night game again a jeff fisher special where the team was just completely unprepared they came out and they got absolutely painted in the opening game on monday night football but three and one is three and one and you're feeling pretty good about it now all of a sudden you go into the second quarter of the season right lost to the Buffalo Bills, a game that you could have won. Jeff Fisher took that away with you from the decision to go for that fake punt. You go to Detroit on the road. You're playing against a. It turns out Detroit's a pretty good team. Matt Stafford's having an absolutely unbelievable year. You have that game that is not only a game you could have won, it's a game you should have won. And again, courtesy of Jeff Fisher, you lose because you decide that you're going to go for it on fourth and one from the one-inch line and you can't get it you don't get any points you lose all sorts of momentum you end up losing by those three points that you never put on the board and then yesterday in London you go all the way over there you get a 10-point lead you get an early turnover EJ Gaines makes a nice play scoops it up runs it down right into the scoring position they end up scoring a touchdown everybody's feeling good you get the ball back you drive down you kick a field goal 10 to nothing everything's feeling pretty darn good at that point right right That was it. That was the end of the line for that rant. For 50 minutes after that, you lost. Flat, uninspired offensive football. Flat, uninspired play on the offense. Just an unbelievably difficult team to watch play week in and week out. They just don't. Todd Gurley was nowhere. Todd Gurley had another one of those games that was bad. 15 carries, 57 yards, a long of eight. Well, he doesn't get any blocking. Well, he doesn't this. Well, he doesn't that. You know what? Barry Sanders played behind great offensive lines. Walter Payton was on garbage teams his entire life. So, And I understand. Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, right? I get it. I get it. But then let's just stop talking about Todd Gurley as a good football player because he clearly isn't. He's not getting anything going. That's not anybody's fault but his. The offensive line is not good. Greg Robinson, another holding penalty. Greg Robinson, another false start. A couple of these when the team was driving, trying to get something going late, and you stop and you start backing up and going the wrong way. Again, back to Jeff Fisher all over again. It's just an unbelievable pattern that keeps getting repeated over and over again. Too many penalties, not enough talent on offense, and a defense that's got their backs against the wall the entire time because they know if they give up more than... 20 points they're gonna lose. In this case, they give up 17 points and they never even came close to winning. So many different things going wrong in that game. Just, just really a, a incredibly disappointing game if you're a Rams fan. And now you got to sit on this for two weeks. You're going up against the Carolina Panthers who are lousy. Carolina's one and five. You're coming in there, you got that home game. If you lose that if you lose to a one and five game, another conference game, another another teammate that maybe in the playoff makes at the end, probably not for Carolina, but New York will be, Detroit will be. Their season is hanging in the balance. All right, let's take a break and talk about Seat Geek for a second. You know SeatGeek by now. Look, I'm looking at the app right now. Put it on your phone. It couldn't be any easier. It's like putting any other app on your phone, and you click it. You've got your baseball, your concerts, your shows, your plays, everything that you can think of. I'm looking right now. You've got the L.A. Kings are coming up. You've got the L.A. Galaxy, the Anaheim Ducks. The Trojans are going to play Oregon coming up here in a few days. you got Cal coming up. You've even got you're maybe you're one of those weirdo video game guys that likes to go watch other weirdos play video games on TV, League of Legends. You've got the Clippers, the Breeders' Cup, and everything. And of course, I'm looking at the Rams right now. Let's let's do this. Little little click right here, open it up. Panthers at Rams, Dolphins at Rams, Falcons at Rams, all the remaining home games, they're all right there on your SeatGeek app. You click on what you want, you look at the map of the stadium, it's gonna give you all the good deals, all the deals that you're gonna to want to stay away from as well. They're taking all those tickets online and putting them in one place so you don't have to go to a million different places and figure out what the best deal is. Let's see do it for you. And if you type in your promo code L O Rams, locked on Rams, L-O-Rams, they're gonna give you 20 bucks back on that first purchase go check them out put the SeatGeek app on your phone go poke around it's super easy to use right now by the way lots of good seats available for the Panthers and Rams coming up on November 6th so go check out the Geek folks all right so let's finish up by talking about that last sequence there where they're on third down it's third and about 10 they can get to the first down marker for uh, the first down line is about the five so you have a chance to make a first down but you're still probably you're running low on time you're going to take a couple more shots at the end zone Brian Quick, who actually played halfway decent, who's actually been surprisingly decent so far this season and kind of gotten over the drops that he's had for the most part early in his career, Um, he's split out to the left. They do a play where clearly Case Keenum is looking at it and thinks, okay, I'm throwing a fade to the corner. And Brian Quick is looking at it and thinking, okay, I got to react and I got to do a dig route. I got to come back to the football. We're going to throw it for the first down. Well, the problem is, Keenum threw the fade, Quick ran the dig. And nothing happened. The ball was thrown like a like a punt into the corner of the end zone. Intercepted. Game over. This is coaching. Clearly, somebody went and did the wrong thing. Whether it was Case Keenum or Brian Quick, I'm not quite sure. The fact that Jeff Fisher said after the game that they need to get better at the wide receiver position, I think it's a pretty safe bet that it was probably Brian Quick that made that mistake. But this is what I'm talking about. Don't talk. Cut guys. Get look. Jeff, I like you. Your mustache is a little dated for my taste, but I like you. You need to figure this out. If you don't start getting rid of guys and getting guys in there that can do something better or at least not do something stupid, at least make a play once in a while, at least not jump off sides once a game, at least not be unavailable for the two biggest plays of the game, you're going to get your butt fired. So it's up to you. You can either have your guys back, which is admirable in most circumstances, but these guys are going to get you fired. The season is spiraling out of control. We're getting very close to the Jared Goff conversation and whether or not you bring him in. And no, you don't do it yet. I understand. I understand that Case Keenum had four interceptions yesterday, but one of those wasn't his fault. The pick six really wasn't his fault. It's not quite there. You're still there at three and four. You still have a chance to get back in there, especially with that weird tie between Arizona and Seattle yesterday. You can get back into this race. But the fact of the matter is, the clock is officially ticking on that guy, and I don't think anybody would say that it's premature. You watch the Rams; they're flat, they're uninspiring, they're not very good, and it's antiquated. They play old football. You look at the 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 Steelers. You look at the Patriots. Not that yeah, the Patriots. You look at teams like this. You look at the Denver Broncos. You look at some of these other teams. Does it feel like they're playing football from the 1980s? No, of course not. It feels modern. It feels like what we've been seeing the last two or three years or stuff that we really haven't seen very often. You look at the Rams, what does it feel like? You look at the Rams in 2016, it feels a lot like the Titans in 1999. It's a terrible, terrible mix right now, and they've got to figure it out, or you got to start blowing it up. You've got to start playing Jared Goff. You've got to get rid of the coach. You've got to start doing everything all over again. And I don't want to hear that it's too close to the new stadium because you don't want to do it twice. You need to do something because this team is not resonating the way that it needs to if you're going to recapture the people in this city. And right now, 3-4 and four, losing 17-10, to 10, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. All right, we'll be back with another episode of Locked on Rams tomorrow. We'll see you then. Catalyst.